This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. This is Steve Sansweet, and that's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, Star Wars fans, this is Alex from Imperial Entanglements, here to remind you that this is the place where you want to be for Star Wars content. That is true, Alex, and just to prove it, here is my best Gamorrean guard imitation. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) That's funny. And we're here to tell you... If you like Star Wars, and I think you do... Are you itching for new Star Wars content? Join us. It is your destiny. And we're here to remind you that you're listening to... The Scarif Podcast. A Star Wars podcast with a lemony twist. (laughs) He's not wrong. So grab your sunscreen and your blasters, because it's always sunny on Scarif. How freaking cool is that? (laughs) Insert sound effect here. Roll it again. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, everybody, and welcome to yet another wonderful episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I am Ro, sitting here with my partner in crime, the always witty, the better half of this show, Mr. Brad, the Submariner. How you doing, fella? <laughs> that is the best introduction I've ever gotten. Uh, I am doing great. Uh, I'm witty and everything else. Uh, I'm, I'm good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Uh, it's far from Tatooine weather here in Chicago, but uh, it's like four here, and uh, it's been snowing all night, so it's a little more on the hot side, if you know what I mean. But uh, all in all, it's uh, not bad. I'm jealous. I would like a. I would like a little of the snow. We we have maybe some uh, predicted for this upcoming weekend, but I doubt that's going to happen. Well, you can take it all here. Uh, if I can ship it to you, I will, because uh, it's no fun. I'll just look at your pictures. You yeah, go. I'll look at your pictures of the uh, down tie fighters on the side of the road. Yeah, those are awesome. Those are awesome. So, uh, hey, we are. Almost uh, at 2,500 follows, and uh, it's been a long road, but we are on our road to 2,500. I think we need another 300 uh, followers or so by the end of February. And speaking of that, we got another wonderful Scare of Swag gift pack uh, with lots of goodies, including... I'm going to make you jealous, uh, including a Chewbacca 40th Anniversary Edition Empire Strikes Back Funko Pop. And uh, I'm putting that in in our swag box to give away. I know we just gave out uh, some items uh, to Ashley, uh, one of our participants, uh, that uh, just as a thank you for coming on to the show and doing the takeover show. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I am jealous. Uh, I recently got, uh, have you seen the uh, the Valentine's Day? I think you may have. Uh, I saw some pictures on, on Twitter, the Valentine's Day Funko Pops. Uh, there's a pink uh, Chewbacca and a pink Yoda yeah. that I got. Totally didn't need them, but uh, <laughs> of course I did need them because they're Funko and they're Star Wars. But yeah, I don't have that Chewbacca, so yeah, I, I am jealous of that. Yeah, that's an Amazon exclusive. I've uh, always uh, maintained that I blame Matt Vader 74, Salty Nerd Podcast over there for uh, having him uh, kind of uh, twist my arm and, and get that entire line. And they're actually really, really nice. Uh, I can't recommend them uh, highly enough. They are really fun. And uh, I bought a couple of extras for some giveaways in the future. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I just don't have any more room for them. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't I, know where I'd put them. Exactly. Then. Tell me about it. I think I, uh, it I, think I hit... Uh, well, I'm always claiming that I hit uh, saturation point, Then all of a sudden, you know... Amazon comes knocking, so I don't know what that's all about. Assholes. So I'm really excited for another round of Tatooine hot takes. I got to tell you, people are enjoying these. Uh, we're getting some great feedback and interaction from a lot of folks. Yeah, this one's going to be a doozy. Uh, we uh, we asked for some uh, controversial ones, and uh, they like that word. And uh, uh, we're, yeah. we're probably going to give some get, get some grief for our answers, but that's a risk we're always willing to take here. Either way, it's going to be a fun conversation. 
Absolutely. We want to give a quick shout out to some of our followers. Uh, Papa Bear, uh, Andres Alvarez, Fee2D2's got a good one. Justin Zygman, Alfie Molinaro, our buddy from Aurora, Tim Tringle, and a few other hot takes like what's the deal with Baby Yoda by none other than our resident Canadian, Mr. Ali K. But we'll get all uh, in his face about that in a while. Uh, you know, a while ago, you asked me specifically a question that really took me off guard. Uh, do you remember that question? Uh, was it about your favorite movie? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was a great question. Uh, why don't you tell our folks what that question was so we can kind of get into that nitty gritty before we start the show? Yeah, we're taking everybody else's hot takes, but uh, something popped into my head and I was kind of thinking about it uh, introspectively. How would I answer this? And I still don't know. Um, but uh, my question to you for us to answer, uh, what would it take for another Star Wars film to knock off? Uh, obviously, Empire Strikes Back is your favorite. Return of the Jedi has always been my favorite. Uh, what would it take? What would Disney, what would Lucasfilm have to do in order to knock that film off as the, the top spot in, in your personal list uh, of your favorite movies? What would they have to do to knock that off the top spot and – do you think that is realistically achievable for them to do that? You've had some time to think about that. Have you come up with anything? Yeah, you know, my answer is a combination of things. I think, you know, obviously because The Empire Strikes Back was so new when it first came out, obviously that it was just the second in the franchise Um uh, you know, with uh, your favorite, Return of the Jedi, being the third in the franchise, we didn't have a lot of choice. Um, and not to say that, uh, you know, because of that, uh, we, we didn't have a lot to, to choose from. But, you know, even now, Empire Strikes Back continues for me to be uh, my favorite. And we've got uh, a little, you know, a few more movies than just the, the original three. But I think it's a combination of things, you know. Uh, nostalgia obviously is a big thing. Um, the the story elements in the Empire Strikes Back are, are so uh, they're so serious. There's there's such a there's a lot of consequences in that film that kind of you know put our heroes in harm's way. I, I think the drama, uh, the acting uh, of our original three uh, and the rest of the cast and crew are, is phenomenal. Um, you know, in modern Disney Star Wars, I think Rogue One takes a very, very close, uh, you know, place uh, as far as uh, my top favorite Star Wars. I don't know. You know, you ask a, a kind of a follow up question is very interesting. What would it take for Disney to, to do to knock that out? But is it realistically possible in today's climate? I, 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 I'm not sure. You know, they had uh, three, four chances to do so uh, already and, and haven't. Uh, like I said, Rogue One uh, came pretty damn close. Um, but let's, uh, let's pick that apart. Why did it come so close? I think, you know, again, playing in the sandbox of, uh, in the sandbox of nostalgia has a lot to do with it. You know, I've always maintained that uh, Rogue One seems like they just found footage from 1977 from Star Wars and put together this other movie. Um, so it, it can be done. Um, it hasn't yet. Uh, you know, Empire is still my, my, my top favorite Star Wars, but uh, it's a very intriguing question. It's something that, uh, you know, when you asked me a couple of days ago, it really gave me pause. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, I think it definitely can be done for the reasons you stated. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, theatrically speaking or whatever, that Return of the Jedi is the best Star Wars movie because it probably isn't. Um, yes, it has the cheese element. Um, but uh, like you said, uh, you know, when uh, The Force Awakens came out, I, I loved it. I loved The Force Awakens. It, it immediately got into my... Uh, top five Star Wars movies and then inched its way up a little bit from there. And of course, followed up by Rogue One. I'm right there with you. Uh, obviously, we've talked about it before. Uh, you know, it's, it's number two on my list. Um, so can it be done? Yes. Uh, I've said it before on the, on the show, I have a hard time watching The Force Awakens now because of where the sequel trilogy goes, not because of the Force Awakens, not because of Episode 7 itself, because I love it. But knowing what happens to these characters, it's uh, 
you know, saying it's too painful might sound cheesy, but it's true. Um, there is so much potential with Ray, Finn, Snoke, Kylo, with, with the whole gang. Now, I can't watch it now. Um, but, uh, you know, it was up there. And I think it's it's weird. It's one of these intangible type things that we talk about uh, that you're you're alluding to. Uh, it's the intangible. It's the feel to it. Rogue One feels like a Star Wars movie. And I, I think The Force Awakens feels like a Star Wars movie. So I think it, what, what would they have to do? Bring that feeling, just that genuine Star Wars feeling to it um, with, you know, just, you know, put it with, uh, you know, good uh, cinematography, good writing, good directing, acting. And, and I think it could be done, but uh, it would be a long shot. Yeah, so let me ask you this. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, Rogue One actually, you know, feeling like a Star Wars. What what do you say when when fans maybe want something that is brand new? Like, obviously, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, or we have in the past, about the High Republic and, and the, the new stories that are coming out. Does that feel like Star Wars? Uh, is that uh, does that kind of bring you back? And obviously, it's it's a new era. These are new characters. We spoke about it in the past. Um, what do you feel about you know fans really kind of you know wanting to stick? And I guess we I, I can bunch us into that. You know, just wanting to feel that magic again. And I know you know lightning doesn't strike twice. It gets pretty damn close, as we mentioned. But uh, you know, we 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 I guess in order for Star Wars to kind of grow and and get out of that bubble and maybe attract more people to the fandom, um, we do have to kind of uh, visit new stories. Uh, but at the same time, we have to kind of maintain a balance uh, to uh, to what Star Wars really represents, or at least what it represented when George Lucas was telling it. Uh, it's a fine line. It definitely is because George Lucas is no longer in the picture and it does seem like the sequel trilogy and Disney overall has been struggling. Yeah, I, I think it, um, yeah, I think you're right. You know, uh, reading the first book of the high Republic series by, uh, Charles soul, uh, light of the Jedi. I had a hard time connecting with that for, for quite some time. I liked the way it turned out in the end. Uh, obviously we'll talk about that more. Uh, in future episodes. Uh, but once I got to know the characters, I, I did feel some attachment to them. And then going into Claudia Gray's book, uh, Into the Dark, it, it's pretty good. Um, and I guess the best parallel I can draw to, to the question that you're asking is the Star Wars The Old Republic uh, video game and the trailers that came with that. You want to talk about having a Star Wars feeling. Uh, we didn't have any connection to these characters um, Darth Malgus, uh, Satil Sean, all those characters. Um, but you know, you, you could immediately connect with it. Even the later ones that came out, uh, with the emperor that they introduced and his sons, uh, you could connect with those characters. Um, and it just felt like a, like a star Wars movie. Um, so yeah, I think they could venture into the high Republic as long as they, they focus on the right things. They focus on putting out a good story. Uh, with no other, you know, forget the merchandising. If you make a good story uh, with good characters, with deep storylines, the merchandising will happen naturally. You'll want to go out and buy those. You know, Mandalorian, we couldn't get the, the merch fast enough uh, because we connected with those characters. Um, so, yeah, I think if Disney focuses on the right thing, it doesn't matter if we're, um, you know, we already know the characters, we're already invested in them. Uh, we will get invested in them uh, by having the right storyline. And it's funny because we've asked this question on Twitter before with uh, some of our uh, listeners and followers. You know, what what is Star Wars about or what elements does a Star Wars movie have to be or have to be a Star Wars movie? We talk about, you know, the Force lore. We talk about the battle between good and evil. We talk about lightsaber battles. And, uh, you know, you can definitely, with the examples you gave, we can definitely quantify you know, what it is that makes something Star Wars. And I think with the New Republic, um, I was in a chat, you know, talking about the New Republic, and, and I mentioned the fact that, to me, initially, it, it seemed like a really good The Next Generation episode. Um, and it just, it, it, it didn't grab me right away, like you. I, I think it, uh, it, it took a while. And I just finished it last week. Um, it, it was enjoyable, but it, it it definitely you know took me a while to kind of warm up to it. 
Yeah, I have issues with it just because of how they depict the Jedi. I like the Jedi, uh, and we've ta- we talked about Force powers uh, just recently. I like uh, having more uh, ways to use the Force, but uh, I didn't like how the Jedi were described in these because they're so much different than what we've seen on screen in, in books. They're more humble, uh, more plain, uh, actually look more like monks, and here they're all grandiose wearing white and gold the entire time. I think that might be on purpose. I think they might show them start to drift from that as these stories go along. Um, but right now it just doesn't seem like, um, you know, we've, uh, you know, the books talk about them thinking sex is all right because it's not attachment. It's just, a, it's just a thing. Um, so there, there's some, um, there's some things we're going to get used to with the high Republic. Um, and we'll see where they go with it. Absolutely. And uh, like you said, we, you know, we'll talk about that uh, at a later time. But um, yeah, we got a, a, a quite a few uh, other topics to get to. So uh, what do you want to tackle next? Man, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I think we should I think we should get right to it. And I think maybe you should uh, read us the question from uh, Justin Zygman, uh, because uh, I don't know, he, he's talking about your boy there. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a doozy. That's a doozy, all right. And I got thoughts. So uh, thank you, Justin, for this topic. Uh, We're talking about Anakin and uh, his alter ego and my favorite character, Darth Vader. Uh, He says, Anakin isn't a top 10 Jedi. Although Vader is my favorite character, says uh, Jay Zygman, 14, when he was a Jedi, he was more selfless and would even use the dark side to save or protect the people he cared about. If he lived after Return of the Jedi, I think that he would have found true balance in the Force using the dark side and the light. That uh, That's pretty heavy. Thank you, Justin Zygmunt, for that. Uh, I got thoughts, but uh, what are you thinking, Brad? I think he – I think, uh, it, Justin, thank you for the question and, and the comments. Uh, but it seems kind of contradictory to me. Uh, I think there's really two parts to this. Uh, I mean, the first being a statement, not being a top ten Jedi, and then goes back to, in my opinion, defend him. Uh, on on what he would have become had he not gone to the dark side, uh, so it's a little bit tricky for me unless I'm uh, misreading that. Uh, but I, I, I want to you know hone in on the on the first part there about Anakin not being a top ten Jedi. Uh, that's a wide open statement. Uh, I, my opinion on this is I don't feel like what we saw on screen matches what is said about Anakin. Anakin is talking about being the the chosen one and, you know, people during that time talk about how powerful he is. Uh, after the fact, people, you know, Obi-Wan, uh, Yoda, they, they talk about how powerful he was. I don't think we see that on screen. Obviously, he's a badass. Um, I mean, he starts off as, as a whiny, I mean, well, he dies as a whiny brat. He lives as a whiny brat. But as far as his, his powers go and his, you know, combat capability and everything like that yeah he's a badass i just don't think i'm i'm gonna go on record here i don't think he lives up to the hype that is said about him uh by others in that era and afterwards obi-wan and uh yoda and um i I think i would fault george lucas more for that uh just from the writing and just what he put on screen he does some cool things but as far as being elevated to the you know, if you're going to call him the chosen one, he should. We should see him uh, basically moving mountains, in my opinion. Um, but we don't see that, so um, I'm going to have to. Pains me to say it. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to agree with him. I think you could. I think you could name ten other Jedi masters in that era, uh, or whatever era that would push Anakin out of the top 10. So that's my hot take on that one. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting one. I'm going to have to uh, slightly disagree. Uh, <laughs> I, like I will disagree. going to have yeah. to disagree on that. <laughs> We're going to disagree on that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think Anakin, um, 
Uh, well, okay. One thing I, I think you're right. We we haven't seen the strength on screen of of his uh, his reported powers. Uh, the strength. I, I think other Jedi uh, in universe. I think other Jedi felt it. I think other Jedi have seen it, and obviously we've seen a little bit of it. I think it was the uh, the the second prequel movie that uh, he was talking about. How you know he feels that the Jedi were holding him back, and I can kind of see that. You know, definitely. You know, when he was left to his own devices, he was able to, you know, jump out of that speeder and kind of, you know, time it perfectly to land on that. I mean, the, the, that that's pretty impressive. Um, but, but you're right. I think maybe we should have seen a little bit more. I think Anakin, um, I'll use this metaphor, was cut off at the knees, uh, no pun intended. Well, I guess it was intended. Um, you know, he was damaged. Uh, you know, that definitely reduced his uh his i don't know his powers his uh his ability to grow as a powerful jedi and a powerful sith i think you know palpatine obviously uh selected him for a reason because he was a top 10 jedi and was ready to you know convert him into one of the most powerful sith lords uh out there uh because of his strength but uh unfortunately you know, he had that little uh, battle uh, with uh, with Obi Wan and was kind of burned to a crisp and kind of uh, cut his plans, cut both him and Palpatine's plans uh, a little early, and he was uh, less of a powerful, uh, you know, ally and and more of a broken, you know, uh, individual at that point. But uh, he was still powerful. Obviously, we see what happens uh, in the comic books, and we see some of the things that Vader does, even. Uh, even you know injured in that uh, bodysuit. So imagine what he would be like if uh, if he wasn't injured. So I would have to say that you know I guess by default uh, he is a top ten Jedi, uh, but through events uh, not of uh, you know out of his control, things kind of went awry. Yeah. Before everybody gives me crap on Twitter and social media, uh, you know the clone <laughs> the Clone Wars definitely add to his. Um, showing off what he can do with his force powers. Sure. Obviously the, uh, I th I'm thinking the best example being the Mortis arc. And, uh, you know, he's encountered with force beings like 100% of the force and he can, you know, bring them down, uh, to a knee, uh, bent to his will. You murdered your sister. The force is out of balance. I have to stop you. Must you? There is no use for such crude implements here. I have a gift for you. I've had enough of your trickery. Mm, but you'll like this one, I promise. What if I could show you the future? Things like the Clone Wars definitely add to his... Um, capability and they make him look a little bit stronger but i'm mostly referring to see what we see on screen throughout sure, the prequels sure. so i'm gonna go ahead and stick to my answer but, and i uh, think even even the the story arc in the mortis you know the, the mortis storyline it, it almost seems like he was only still discovering some of his abilities sure. i mean he would have been a very powerful, you know, uh, Jedi, a very powerful uh, character if uh, if it weren't for his, his injuries. And obviously, at the end of Mortis arc, um, you know, the the characters made you know Obi Wan and 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 Anakin and and Ahsoka like forget everything that they learned. So, you know, I, I guess I'm putting my spin on it, but you know, he he almost had to kind of forget the ability, or at least forget the the experience that he had there, uh, and kind of start from scratch outside of Mortis. No, no. Do such terrible things. Yes. But it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it is what it is, but uh, I, I kind of agree. You know, the, one of the things that I wanted to mention uh, from his comment, too, was uh, finding true balance by using the dark side. I think that kind of goes against uh, everything that we know. 
And obviously, you know, we talked about that with Alex. I think yeah. he'd have a problem with that too. But um, he would. I would. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, who else has done that in the past? Um, I, you know, from uh, Rebels, uh, Ezra uh, comes to mind. He, I, I think, he was able to kind of tap into the dark side a little bit. Uh, there's a couple of episodes that I can come uh, you know, that come to mind regarding his use of the dark side when he was able to control the stormtroopers driving the uh, those chicken walkers and uh, have them you know uh, walk off the off that cliff to their to their own death and that was kind of a little dark side uh, power there. I'm not sure about using the dark side to 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 be balanced. I think uh, using the dark side, in in my opinion, would be uh, an imbalance of the force. Yeah, I, I know you like to uh, plug the uh, Scarif replay, hashtag Scarif replay, and uh, this would be a great time to do that. Uh, what did we talk for? It must have been about two hours, I think, with, with Alex um, about this, and, um, uh, and that was quite some time ago, but that was a, that was a hell of an episode, and uh, I'll give everybody the... Uh, you know, short and sweet of what I was saying about the dark side, uh, to which Alex disagreed. Uh, I don't believe that the dark side in and of itself is a, um, is a bad or evil thing. I think the people that use the dark side are evil. And because of the nature of the dark side, they're able to use the dark side for evil purposes. But I don't think the dark side itself um, is necessarily evil. Um, so yeah, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Ezra and I think we can pretty much, uh, take what Yoda said in empire strikes back and you can pretty much just put what he said directly into the trash can now, because there are so many examples, whether in Canon or not Canon legends where, uh, light side users had used the dark side and it didn't fully consume them, uh, and they were okay in the end. So I, I think that was Yoda's personal belief that once you start down that path, it will dominate your destiny. But even you mentioned Ezra, um, obviously legends, but many people still love the character of Revan. Revan is canon now uh, because his name is mentioned, um, but uh, not everything about his story is canon. Uh, however, obviously, the big thing with, with Revan is he was able to master both the light and the dark side. And I think if we look at Jedi, there are many examples of them actually using the dark side, whether or not they recognize that they were doing it. Um, and, of course, we, we've talked about Bendu many times, Bendu being the one in the middle. Uh, and he represents the balance between the light side and the dark side. Your imbalance woke me from a deep slumber. Imbalance? Your presence is like a violent storm in this quiet world. You're a force wielder. And I personally would not classify Bendu as a uh, evil uh, or nefarious type character. So uh, I agree with that part. And again, I thought that's where they were going with the sequel trilogy. Uh, I thought, you know, even the the, the drawing or the um, the artwork that was, uh, you know, on um, the island where Luke and uh, on Octo, where Luke and Ray were training, that shows the light in the dark and things being in balance. So I think uh, that part definitely rings true, and I think that would have come true. I think he would have been both a light side and a dark side user, but still classified as a Jedi. I was going to blow your mind and say there is no dark side. That's like saying there are bad guns and good guns, <laughs> but guns don't kill people. People kill people. Yeah. Whatever. But anyways, it's, um, you know, we, we talk about the force and we talk about the dark side and the light side. And until uh, we're blue in the face, it's a topic that's very interesting to a lot of folks. And I'm sure this is not the last time we'll talk about that. Yep. So thank you, Justin, for that question. Anakin was on uh, a lot of people's mind. There's sort of a uh, follow-up discussion to what Justin was saying. And uh, this one comes from uh, Alfie uh, Molinaro. And I, I'm i going to say before, I'll, I'll preface this with I agree with this. And I think you and I probably both agree with this. But uh, Alfie says, the Jedi Council was just as manipulative as Palpatine towards Anakin. You're on this council but we do not grant you the rank of master. What? 
How can you do this? This is outrageous. It's unfair. How can you be on the council and not be a master? Take a seat, young Skywalker. Looking at you, Mace Windu. Uh, that's I, I added that part. <laughs> Uh, letting go of their ideology and dogma uh, to accept uh, that Anakin was the chosen one was their test, and they failed. So the force. Uh, so, but we're, <laughs> this is where this is where it gets tricky. Is the last statement here? I, I think you and I can yeah, probably yeah. both agree 100% or nearly 100% with everything uh, that was said thus far by Alfie. But we've also talked about this last part, and this is where sure. it gets really hairy. Uh, Alfie ends with, so the Force destroyed their order to be rebuilt. And we talked about yeah. this uh, prob- last year at some point. Uh, Absolutely. Interpreting the will of the Force, just like in our universe, when people say, well, that's the will of God. Uh, was Order 66 the will of the Force? So now this is putting it into a different context than what we talked about before. Um, you know, when we talked about it before, it's just about bringing order or uh, bringing balance to the force and that sort of thing. This is putting it into a slightly different context than when we talked about it before. So what are your thoughts on the force destroying the Jedi order so it can kind of be rebuilt from the ground up? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think we're going to have to disagree on this one. We talked about this a while ago uh, in uh, Legacy of uh, the Force episode. It's uh, It definitely is a tricky thing because, again, you know, interpreting actions of, uh, you know, of a Force, uh, a god, a deity is kind of a, it's a slippery slope when, you know, when you pull the trigger and you say, you know, the devil made me do it. It's, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of tricky, uh, you know, to, to be able to say that I pulled the trigger, but the devil made me do it. It's kind of a slippery slope. I think, uh, you know, he says that the force destroyed their order. I, I think they destroyed themselves by, uh, the actions that they took. You know, we, we, talk, we talk about, uh, you know, um, self-control and we talk about uh, consequences on Twitter all the damn time. And I think this is probably one of the times where we really need to, you know, put a punctuation mark uh, after that, because I, I, I don't think that the force works in that, in that way. It's a trap. If order 66 was the will of the force, then that means in his own way, Palpatine or Darth Sidious was working on behalf of the force as an entity, uh, as you said, the devil made me do it, you know, in, in his own way, Palpatine was bringing about the will of the force through order 66 by using the dark side. And if you take that reasoning, that means the dark side is not evil. It is just a part of the force, a necessary part of the force. So very tricky. I, I still believe the force would have, <laughs> personally come up with a better way uh, of fixing the Jedi, right. except all them being murdered across the galaxy um, by uh, clone troopers. Um, but uh, yeah, so Alfie, we will we, say we agree with uh, a good 90% of your statement, but uh, we'll have to sure. agree to disagree there at, at the end about the uh, force destroying the Jedi on purpose. But thank you very much for that comment. Uh, very thought provoking. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, Roe here. I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our patrons, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support what we do. We're lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew at Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of all pods on the Red 5 Network, Nicholas Schaefer, big thanks, Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, and Jay from Florida. If you want to be even more involved in the scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. And until next time, remember, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. So, you know, we were sitting there in the Citadel Tower on beautiful, sunny Scarif 
uh, getting ready for this show. Uh, you know, obviously we're, we're looking for threats out there. The rebellion's always out there, but, uh, we do have some downtime. Uh, something a little bit strange happened while we were sitting there. Uh, we were looking at our screens and they started blipping out a little bit. Wasn't sure why, but when we looked at the screens, it was some black and white TV show. Um, something we weren't familiar with. We couldn't tell where the transmission was coming from, but the show was called WandaVision. Uh, and, uh, was very, very odd, very peculiar, never seen it before. We thought we may have intercepted a rebel transmission, but, uh, again, not, not sure of the source of that, but, uh, we started watching it and, uh, well, you might be surprised by this, but we get bored a lot on Scarif. We have a lot of downtime, uh, except for the occasional rebel uprising, uh, somewhere in the galaxy. We, we don't do anything. Uh, so, uh, we just started binge watching this show while sitting there. And, uh, I think I got through all episodes of this WandaVision while sitting there. And, uh, I thought it was, uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, were, were you able to check out the WandaVision as well? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, playing around with, uh, my Imperial code cylinders and, uh, just kind of stumbled on that. But, uh, we want to give a, uh, heartfelt thank you to one of our followers, Fee2D2, who mentioned, uh, the show WandaVision and obviously, uh, you know, it's not Star Wars related, but we are geeks of uh, all sorts of uh, IPs and uh, WandaVision is definitely up there. Uh, I did get to uh, finish all the episodes and uh, so did you, right? Yeah. You watched it with your kids? I did uh, watch it with my boys and uh, I wasn't sure how they were like, okay, so I wasn't going to watch this show at all, to be honest with you. It just didn't, the trailers didn't appeal to me at all. Um, but, uh, they, they didn't appeal to you because you don't like, uh, black and white sitcoms from well, the no, I, 50s I, I, and 60s. No, dude, I could, I could watch black and white sitcoms all day. <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, you know, the Munsters, Adams family, um, right, you know, all right. those, um, you know, and, and going through the sixties and, you know, leave it to beaver and then the Brady bunch and the, I, you know, I could, I could watch all those shows, but it just seemed kind of odd. But, uh, you know, my sons and I, uh, who are, uh, just turned 12 and, and seven, we were like, well, let's check this out. It's only a half hour show. We'll, we'll check it out. And I, you know, unlike, uh, most people will comment they didn't get re get into it until episodes three or four. Uh, I thought those first uh, couple episodes were really entertaining, especially with the little commercials that they threw in there. Um, 1950s style, but also putting that Marvel flavor into it. Stuff brought to you by Stark Industries or Hydra, as it turns out. But what I really loved is how much my my boys enjoyed it as well. They were laughing at all the cheesy jokes and stuff like that. And I, and I'm sitting there wondering, and this is what we talk about with star Wars. Like you're wondering, where is this going? This is just right. odd. Uh, th this has to go somewhere. This has to mean something. And I think the creative team, uh, did a remarkable job on that show. I, we, uh, we can't wait for the next episode. I, I asked on Twitter how many episodes, cause I'm loving it. Uh, I think there's nine episodes so far. Uh, so I think, you know, the, these are all, and I think, uh, Kevin Fage is in charge of, uh, of this one, if I said his name right. Um, you know, and of course he's been the master of putting the MCU together. I think Star Wars, you know, their, their folks have a lot to learn still from what the MCU is doing. This is a, you could call it a throwaway TV show. It's just, it's WandaVision, but it's so entertaining and it adds so much depth to her story, to, to Vision's story. Um, and you know, so, uh, it's, it's intriguing and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for that. You know, we talked about it earlier about what could knock off our favorite movies and something being intriguing. Like when episode seven ended, I, you know, I was saying earlier, I was wondering, where is this going to go? Who is this mysterious Snoke character? Uh, is Ray going to be a powerful Jedi? Is Finn going to be a Jedi? He's got a lightsaber now. Um, and, uh, you know, I was intrigued at the end of episode seven and I, I get that same sort of feeling with WandaVision. It was quirky, but also highly entertaining and very intriguing. So I'm looking forward to more episodes. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? Absolutely. You mentioned, uh, one of your boys had a birthday, happy birthday, uh, happy belated birthday to Jack. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I'm sure you had a wonderful time with him. Yep. Had yep, some yep. cake, Thank you. huh? Cake and Super Bowl. 
Cake and Super Bowl. Excellent. So, yeah, it's uh, I posted a while ago. I, I think when I watched uh, at, towards the end, when I watched the uh, the last episode last Friday uh, of WandaVision. And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people are not into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, you know, one superhero movie is the same as the next. But, you know, what? whatever you feel about the MCU, one thing is true. Uh, you know, you said it, you know, the creatives behind the scene, I, you know, you got to give them credit to be able to string, you know, what, 23 films together in a cohesive, you know, galaxy and a cohesive, uh, you know, story um it's all connected and granted you really don't have to see one to understand you know the the others uh, it, it helps but uh you know this is a great accomplishment I, I don't know you know back even when we were watching iron man the first iron man um you know how this was all going to kind of string together and you know 20 plus films later it's uh it's an amazing thing. And obviously now with WandaVision and Disney plus having the Avenue to be able to tell these stories, you know, uh, continue to tell these stories on the small scale with these streaming shows has been a treat. They definitely can, uh, take more risks with the storytelling. And I think that's one of the things that star Wars needs to learn with when it comes to small, uh, small screen star Wars, I think, um, you know, besides the fact that, you know, we've got nine, you know, nine plus films of Star Wars and some of it really is kind of disjointed, especially during the latter films. Uh, you know, you can't even get three films to kind of tell the same story. I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, obviously I've said it before when you cut me, I bleed Star Wars and that's my first love. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little frustrating to see. Um, you know, the hemming and hawing of not only the fandom, but, uh, you know, the creatives behind the scene. I'm watching a behind the scenes. It's, I think it's like a three and a half hour documentary on, on the sequel trilogy. And some of the interviews of the directors and the producers, I mean, they've got some great ideas and some lofty concepts, but just the execution wasn't there. Um, I'm watching this behind the scenes, uh, you know, thing and thinking, wow, I'd love to see that trilogy. Because what they're describing is definitely not what came out. And and it's unfortunate. I think uh, WandaVision is a, a really great test into, you know, this new way of telling the story. Like you said, I mean, the first two episodes were really, really confusing. Like, what is going on? But it kept me, uh, you know, curious enough to just to keep going. And I'm glad I did because... You know, not only are the performances and the chemistry between, you know, Wanda and Vision so great, the actors that are playing these characters, but, you know, now we're really getting into the nitty gritty of what is going on in this in this show. And I, I love it. You're talking about the tie ins and, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at, uh, uh, I think, uh, Rambo, Captain uh, Rambo's, uh, you know, her last name. And I'm um, like, wait a minute, was she the one from Captain Marvel? And she was the little girl. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, so now, and I wasn't a huge fan of Captain Marvel. It was not a bad movie. It was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, right. But, you know, that makes you want to go back and watch Captain Marvel. Uh, and people are going back and watching Age of Ultron, which they normally right, wouldn't I, do. So I, I did. I, yeah, and I like what you said about risk-taking, and I think that's what Marvel needs to do. I think the small screen is a perfect place for the High Republic. Uh, and But they can drop in, you know, we, we talked about fan service. They can drop in these nuggets and stuff like that, tie it back to the movies, and, you know, make you want to watch episodes one, two, eight, nine right. again, uh, sure. and, you know, and if they could, if they could tie them all together like that and, and take some calculated risk, some, some right. smart, wise risk, uh, I think it, it could be golden. So yeah, I think, you know, Star Wars has a lot to learn from the MCU. Uh, like you said, we are geeks first and foremost. We, I think we've both seen all of the MCU movies, uh, probably multiple times. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we'd like to start talking about that, uh, you know, and we'd like to hear from, uh, the listeners. If you guys would uh, like to hear us talk about some more non star Wars related material, uh, please let us know, uh, drop us a, a comment, uh, to this, uh, leave us a review, uh, for this podcast. Let us know what you think about that. 
uh, on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts or uh, drop us a comment on Twitter and uh, let us know what you think about uh, us discussing uh, whether it be Marvel or, or DC or you know any other science fiction movies, that type of thing. Uh, let us know what you think and uh, we'll see where this might take us. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Uh, Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. This yeah. should be really great. Um, and thank you, Fee2D2, for that question. I think you sparked something. It was uh, it was very timely because uh, I know, Brad, you, you had uh, mentioned that you wanted to do a quick little rebrand, and uh, we might be doing that in the future. So thank you so much, Fee2D2, for that. And now I think uh, we should... Uh let uh, now that we've got the niceties out of the way uh really let the proverbial bantha poodoo hit the fan uh and i think we go to to ollie ollie of all people causing trouble i was surprised uh, i was then, surprised yeah, first of all i didn't know that ollie had this opinion um right but, uh i like it and we'll, we'll see where this goes but uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to reading oh. this one. Remember, this is this is from Ollie, everybody. Uh, so if you have any issues with this, uh, message him, uh, tweet him, not us. <laughs> We're just the messengers. Don't right. kill the messengers. But we, we may or may not agree, and I think we might disagree on this. So we'll see. But again, this is. And I'm so glad we saved this yeah, for the end. So, so this is this is from Ollie, <laughs> and Ollie, not us. Ollie says, not liking. Baby Yoda. Oh, I think he was. I don't. I don't know what you. Oh, I think he was a. Make, I don't know what you typed. There. I think he was a make good. Yeah, he was yeah, a. I, I typed it wrong. Okay, so I think he was a make. Yeah, sure. So Disney made Baby Yoda as an apology for screwing up <laughs> the sequels. I'm paraphrasing a little oh, bit. Oh, what a but, hot uh, take! Hot yeah, take, so Baby take. Yoda was them offering up something uh, for how we feel about the sequels. Albeit he did bring all Star Wars fans together, but I, I being him, being Ollie, being not Roe or Brad, really don't <laughs> like him. Well, thank you, Ollie, for wow. that comment for saying you don't like Baby Yoda. Um, but Roe, are you on? Are you on the Ollie train? Do you not like Baby Yoda? Hell no! I've got three Baby Yodas surrounding me right now, and I don't know if they came to life and it was uh, just kind of sharpening their switchblades or, or what's going on. But uh, I definitely do not share that uh, hot take with Ali. Um, you know, the only thing that I will say is, uh, yeah, you know, Grogu definitely brought uh, the majority of Star Wars fans together. Uh, the Mandalorian uh, has been a runaway hit. I think Grogu, obviously, uh, products are flying off the shelves, so people are really, you know, loving that character. So uh, I don't know what Ali is smoking. Here's what I'll say. Um, maybe this is what he meant. I think Grogu was greatly underused. I think uh, – so I think there is some truth to what Ali is saying. You, you can't not love the little guy. But at the same time, um, besides being something to the Mandalorian, uh, what was he? What was his purpose? Um, I, you know, and we saw hints of it. We saw what he could do. We 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 know he's extremely powerful, um, but most of the time he just sat there. Um, there are times where we thought he was going to get used, maybe at the beginning of season two. Um, but, uh, when they went against the, the crate dragon and stuff like that, where he just, he sat there and he watched. So he does use his force powers from time to time. Of course, Ahsoka talks about why he did or did not use his force powers. Um, but, uh, I think he was, I, I don't dislike the character like Ollie is saying. Um, but I think he was, uh, greatly underused. I think they could have done more with him. I think they could have used him a little bit more than what he was. Um, and we could have seen just a little bit more out of him, whether it was, you know, light side abilities or dark side abilities. I think we could have seen a little bit more from Grogu um, and added a little more entertainment value and, and let us know how powerful of a Jedi he was. Uh, the, you know, the Empire wanted him for his midichlorian count. Uh, so let us see that a little bit more than what we did. 
Um, so, you know, I, I think he's he's a fun character. If, if anything can bring Star Wars fans together, I'm I'm here for it. So I'm glad that he did. Um, but I think he was underused at the same time. Wow. Well, I, I guess I'd have to agree with you. You know, again, you know, just getting into streaming Star Wars and streaming shows in general, I think this is the, you know, the, the perfect opportunity to kind of let a story, um, you know, build up. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, Grogu went with uh, Jedi Master Luke uh, to, you know, I assume to get uh, some more training. But uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I know it was posed on Twitter um, as far as what we feel uh, we'll see in season three of The Mandalorian. Will we see Grogu back? Is it going to turn into a, you know, buddy, buddy, uh, you know, series with uh, with Mando and, and Grief Karga and some of the other characters? Is Grogu uh, coming back for season three? I don't know. Um, so... We'll we'll see what happens. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, that's that was brave of Ollie to have uh, posted that uh, as a public post. Yeah, thank you, Ollie, for that comment that you made, <laughs> not us. And uh, we look <laughs> forward us. to seeing what Twitter thinks about your statement that we did not make. <laughs> Ollie dot K Sims <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think we might have time for for one quick. Uh, one one quick one, which um, I'm not sure who it came from, but it's about the sequel trilogy, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, talk about the sequel trilogy a little bit because that's what people expect from us. Um, I and I was going, I was going to mention that we, you know, maybe we can save that for the next uh, uh, Tatooine hot takes. We, we've got oh, three hot takes. Right. I, I was ba- I was basically going to throw that grenade and then just run away. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we've got, uh, we definitely have a lot more topics. We've got, uh, Jar Jar hot takes. We've got, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi being the true villain oh. of star Wars and obviously retconning the sequel trilogy. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. This is Charlie Red 4 from Rogue One Radio and Star Wars Through the Ages, and you're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. That's no moon, that's the Scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs> <laughs>